Hi, Saints of God. Welcome to another segment of Q&A Wednesdays with Dr. Kamala D. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D. Q&A Wednesdays are all about the listeners, where I answer your questions and share your comments on the air. I will be answering five questions and sharing one feedback from you today, you the listeners. So sit back and enjoy. Let's go to question number one from Shirlene in New Jersey. Hi, Shirlene. Thanks for writing in. Shirlene's question is, when Jesus was talking to Peter en route to Caesarea Philippi, and he made the statement, upon this rock I will build my church, what did Jesus mean? Hmm, great question. Let's read the scripture I think you are talking about. Uh, this scripture is located in Matthew chapter 16 Matthew chapter 16 and verses 15 and 18 now before I read this I want to explain to you why Jesus uh, why Peter made this statement and why Jesus said what he said uh, Jesus was asking some of the apostles uh, Peter was present Thomas was present Luke was present he he was asking some of the apostles what were people saying about him who did they say he was and Peter answered, let's begin reading at verse 15, Matthew chapter 16. But he, Jesus said to them, but who do you say that I am? Because some of the apostles were, were saying he was John the Baptist, he was Elijah. So Jesus wanted to know who the apostles thought he was. And Peter answered and said, you are the Christ the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I, and I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, let me make this clear before I go any further. Jesus was not talking about building a church on Peter, okay? We need to make that clear because I've heard people say that before. In fact, a whole religious organization built a church called St. Peter. So um, we all know that Jesus Christ is the head of the church. So that is not what he was talking about. When Jesus said upon this rock, he was talking about the confession that Peter made, that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. That's what Jesus was saying, because the gates of hell cannot prevail against Jesus. That is what Christ was saying. Uh, the church is built on the statement, not built on Peter. Okay. Uh, just like in Matthew chapter seven, I believe Jesus described the rock in which the wise man builds his house. The rock is Jesus. Jesus is the foundation in which we should build our house and, and in which we should build our faith. Um, I hope I answered this question for you, Shirlene. Thanks for writing in. Question number two is from Tammy in Los Angeles, California. Hi, Tammy in Los Angeles, California. Tammy's question is, when Jesus said, in my father's house are many mansions, was he referring to many ways to get to God? Often people use this scripture to try to convince me that there is more than one way to get to God. Oh, my Lord. Have mercy, Father. Tammy, this is an excellent question, and I am more than happy to answer this for you. No, no, 
This script, this scripture does not mean that there are more ways to get to God. If you continue to read that very chapter, Jesus answers your question. First, let me explain the word mansion means resident. Okay. Or abode, a, a place to reside. That is what the word residence means. So we can also say that, um, Jesus, when Jesus said in my father's house are many residents, uh, places to reside. We can say it like that way as well. Um, let's go, let's go there. Let's, let's, let's go read this scripture. This scripture is located in John, John chapter 14 verses one through six. This is Jesus talking. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know. And the way you know. Now I want you to pay attention. Pay attention now to, to the question Thomas asked Jesus and Jesus' response. Thomas didn't know what Jesus was talking about. So Thomas said to him, Jesus, Lord, we do not know where you are going and how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. Now, Jesus was very evident. He was very clear when he answered this. So there should be no misunderstanding whatsoever. Jesus made a statement. He did not ask a question. He said, I am the way, the truth and the life. And no man comes to the father except through me. Now, if someone tries to use this verse uh, to, to support that there are many ways to get to God, let me tell you something. You tell them first that the word mansion means residence. So what Jesus in essence was saying is that there are enough uh, places up there for you. There are many mansions, but he made it clear that he is the way, the truth and the life. And no man comes to the father except through him. Jesus was either crazy or he is or was who he said he was. I choose to believe that the Lord Jesus Christ who came to die for our sins, the lamb of God, the son of God, the king of king and Lord of Lords is not a liar. Okay. Now you either believe what he said or you can go and try another way. But Jesus said, I am the way no man comes unto the father, meaning God with a capital G unless they come through me. See, there's no forgiveness of sins without going through Christ. And that's basically what he was saying. You got to come through me first. You know, I'm the door. Any man that comes through me, look, I'm about to start shouting up in here. But no, that is what he was talking about. It, it doesn't mean that um, there are many ways to get to God, okay? Because Jesus made it very clear. He didn't stumble. He didn't use a parable. He made it clear. Jesus is the way he's the only way there is no other way to be reconciled to God. Christ didn't die in vain. It's just that they, they have a lot of people, whether you believe it or not, that don't know this. Oh, but this is, uh, talking Bible truth with Dr. Kamala D 
Now, this may be a segment called Q&A, but talking Bible truth, Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. And no man comes to the Father except through him. Remember that. Stand on that statement. Upon this rock, you stand on that statement that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. Christ means Messiah. Messiah in Greek means Christ. Christ in the Hebrew means Messiah. Both means the anointed one. And that's who Jesus is. Not was, that's who he is. There's no other way and that's not going to change. The canon of scripture is closed and the only way to God is through Jesus Christ. Thank you, Tammy, for that question. Hmm. Thanks, and thanks for writing in. Now, question number three is from Barbara in Atlanta. What does the kingdom of God is, is not meat and drink mean? <laughs> Barbara in Atlanta. Let, let, let's go to that scripture, Barbara. I assume you are talking about Romans chapter 14 because y'all are not giving me the scriptures. I guess y'all say I'm going to find them. Okay. Uh, Romans chapter 14 verses 14 and 17. Um, let's begin at, at verse 14. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, you, you need to understand who Paul was talking to and why. Paul was talking to uh, new converts in Christ. And you got to remember where they came from. They were uh, following Judaism. They were following the laws of Moses. They were following certain traditions when it comes to eating. They could not eat meat, uh, eat certain meat. So what happened was we had some who were still eating meat. We had some who were only eating vegetables and they were going back and forth. So what Paul was saying is, look, um, stop judging one another uh, by those uh, we know who eat meat. You know, Paul was saying, explain to, um, Paul was explaining to them and, and trust me, I am extremely tired, but I refuse to not do this segment today because I, I am under obligation. So, uh, bear with me now. But Paul explained to them that we shouldn't judge one another. You know, God is over all, all of them and, and we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And so he made that statement saying, look, the kingdom of God has nothing to do with eating or drinking. Absolutely nothing. The kingdom of God is about peace and righteousness. Um, that that's basically what what Paul was saying. He was telling them that uh, what what they were arguing about really meant nothing. It, it really it didn't mean anything. We all must give an account to God for our behavior, you know. So we shouldn't put a stumbling block in our brother's way. God is a God of peace, joy, and love in the Holy Spirit. So we shouldn't be arguing over that petty stuff that means nothing. Okay. I hope this answers your question, Barbara. Thanks for writing in. Uh, question number four from Kevin in Texas. Oh my God, Kevin. You must be a new listener of Q&A Wednesdays with Dr. Kamala D. I love this question because those who are listening will find out that there is only one way to get to God, my brother. Kevin wants to know what must I do to be saved? That's easy, Kevin. 
So I, I, I want to share several scriptures pertaining to this. So let's go to Acts first. Acts chapter 16. Yes. Go to Acts chapter 16. Um, this is when Paul and Silas were in jail. You know, God loosed their chains and unlocked the doors to the prison so that they can get out. But when the jailer woke up, the jailer was asleep. He thought the prisoners had escaped and, and was getting ready to kill himself. But Paul and Silas stopped him and, and told him that they were still there and that there was no need for him to, to harm himself. So uh, it was at that moment that the jailer realized that Paul and Silas were, were true men of God. He, he knew they were true men of God. So we're going to read Acts chapter 16, verse 30 and 31. Okay, this is the jailer talking. And he brought them out, out of the prison and said, Sirs, talking to Paul and Silas, what must I do to be saved? Now the response from these apostles has and will never change. It's, it's never going to change. They said to him, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved you and your household. And that's if they, they believed as well, but this response will never change. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved you and your household. Now this scripture coincides with Romans chapter 10 and verse nine, that if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Okay. Um, and, and both of these scriptures, also confirm and support what Jesus said in John 14 verse six, that he Christ is the only way to salvation, uh, which is eternal life with God. And there is no other name given among men by which we must be saved. That's found in Acts four and 12. Now I, I hope to God, I answered this question for you. Thanks for writing in Kevin. There is no other name given among men by which we must be saved other than the name of Jesus Christ. Romans 10 and 9, I want you to write that in your heart. Keep it in your wallet that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Confession, confessing that Jesus is Lord and, and receiving it and believing it in your heart has to go together. You can't do one without the other. You can't because you can believe in Jesus in your heart, but what are you believing about him? Do you believe he, he walked the earth? Believing that Jesus was here and that he was just an apostle can't save you. There are a lot of religions that confess Jesus. As a matter of fact, when they wrote their book, they took the name Jesus out of the Bible, but they changed the story. So what are you believing? You have to believe in your heart and confess that he is Lord and Savior in order for you to be saved. A lot of people say is the name of Jesus, but it doesn't mean nothing. You got to confess that he is Lord and that he is savior. So that word was for everybody. That was a little extra from Kevin's question. <laughs> question number five, which is our last question. It's from Kim in Atlanta. Wait, we had three, three from Atlanta today. Okay, Atlanta. Uh, Kim, Kim wants to know, does God have a problem with rich people? The answer to that question, Kim, is no. No, God doesn't have a problem with, with rich people. Um, there are a lot of wealthy Christians in the body of Christ. And it is okay with God. Now, I, I'm going to show you about three scriptures on this one. 
because I want you to really truly understand this. We we are not to look down and and um, disrespect wealthy people in the body of Christ. Um, God has a problem when your faith is is in your money and not in God. That's what God has a problem with. You know, you cannot serve man and mammon. Mammon is money. Now I'm going I, I'm going to share three scriptures with you. Now Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24 is one of them. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God and money. Okay? Now, if your faith is in your money, that is who your God is. And the last I checked, you have to confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you shall be saved. So if your faith is in your money, let's see if your money can get you to heaven when your spirit leaves your body. Now, I want to read uh, Mark chapter 10. Go to Mark chapter 10. I'm going to read this from uh, the New King James Version. The last scripture I want to read from the Amplified Version. So let me pull out my Bible. And I want to read Mark chapter 10, starting at verse 17. Oh, um, bear with me now, y'all. Let me, uh, find this. Okay. Now I'm going to do a lot of reading here because I want you to get a clear understanding of what, um, Jesus is saying. This is Mark chapter 10 and I'm going to read verses 17 through 30. Oh my God. Okay. Starting with verse 17. Now, as he was going out on the road, he is Jesus. One came running, knelt down, and, well, I'm sorry, and knelt before him. And that one who came running was the rich young ruler. And he, he knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Now, before I read to you what Jesus said, I need you to understand that they were still under the old covenant when Jesus answered this question. Jesus was still alive. He had not died yet in order for the new um, covenant to be implemented. So Jesus responded um, according to the Old Testament. So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good, but one, one that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And the rich young ruler answered Jesus, and he, he said, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, he loved him though. <laughs> Jesus, see, Jesus know your heart. Whether your heart is against him or not, he love you. But he will let you choose. And he said to him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor. Now, remember, this was a rich young ruler. And you will have treasure in heaven. 
and come take up the cross and follow me. But he, the rich young ruler, was sad at this word and went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Now before Jesus said this, he knew that that man's riches had his heart. That's why he said that. That's why, Cause you don't have to do all that to follow Jesus. Cause we're under grace. Even though grace had not uh, been implemented yet, Jesus knew that this young man's heart was not into the things of God. It was into his money, which is the root of all kinds of evil. But Jesus still loved him, but he let him choose. He chose to leave and walk away from Jesus. That's what he chose to do. Now, let me continue to read because I want you to, to hear this. I wasn't going to read all this, but I want you to hear this. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples because he knew his disciples were watching and he wanted to teach them a lesson. Everything Jesus did was a teachable moment. It was. So Jesus said, how hard is it for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, children, how hard is it? How hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And Jesus said that because people today, not just back then, they had rich people back then, they have rich people today. Their faith is in their money. They worship money. And let me tell you, you cannot worship God and worship money at the same time. God can't reside in your heart if you have another God there. You know we serve a jealous God. If you have another God in your heart, I'm sorry. God won't come in and he will not set up his shop. He will not abode with you if you have another God there. Now, and then his disciples said this, and they were greatly astonished saying among themselves, who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, and said, with men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. Then Peter began to say to him, see, we have left all and followed you. So Jesus answered and said, now I want you to listen to this very carefully. This is verse 29 and 30, very carefully to what Jesus just is, is getting ready to say. So anyone under the sound of my voice who think that you have to be poor to uh, follow Jesus, Jesus just cleared this up right here. And see, the rich young ruler didn't know this. He didn't notice. He chose to follow his money. He left away sorrowful because he had great, great riches. But Jesus didn't feel the need to tell him this. He don't want you to follow him so that you can be rich. But listen to what Jesus said. He said, oh, surely I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold, meaning plentyfold, a hundredfold now in this time. Wait, 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 wait. He said in this time. He, he, he not saying after you leave, he leave here. He said in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands 
but with persecution and in the age to come eternal life but many who are first will be last and the last first he's talking about the rich people whose faith is in their money did you hear what Jesus said he said no when you follow me in this time you shall have houses and lands no you don't follow Jesus to be broke because remember I have come that they might have life and that they may have life more abundantly he didn't come here for you to be poor you don't have to seek riches you don't have to seek wealth okay now I want you to go to um first Timothy first Timothy chapter six I'm going to read this from like from the amplified Bible because I want you to um, get a, a better understanding of, of what God is trying to communicate here um, this is to let you know that we have wealthy people in the church but the Bible tells wealthy Christians what they should be doing and how they should be acting First Timothy chapter six, verses 17 through 19. I'm going to begin to begin reading verse 17. This is what God says to the rich and wealthy Christians. Okay. As for the rich in this world, charge them not to be proud and arrogant and contemptuous, meaning angry or proudful of up toward others nor to set their hopes on uncertain riches, but on God, who richly and ceaselessly, without stopping, provides us with everything for our enjoyment. So, see, God don't have a problem with you having the things that money can buy. Okay? Now, verse 18, charge them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be liberal and generous of heart, ready to share with others, Verse 19, in this way, laying up for themselves the riches that endure forever as a good foundation for the future so that they may grasp what, what uh, that which is life indeed, which, is, which means eternal life, I'm sorry. But no, God doesn't have a problem with, with people being rich. Not at all. He has a problem if your money has you. He has a problem if you do not share with your brothers and sisters. And remember in first John where he says, for those who has these world's goods and see that his brother have need and don't share with him, how can the love of God be, be in your heart? See, it's okay to be rich. Now, Jesus mentioned that the poor ye have with ye always, but um, we also gonna have rich people with us always. And not every rich person is of God. We all know that and we can clearly see that when all they talk about is their money they worship money but guess what that's the world that's the world and that's the world's ways now I have a question okay a comment from that was the last question by the way um, but now I have one comment and a question from Bernice in Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta has three people, three viewers, three listeners. Thank you, Atlanta. I love you back. 
Okay, Bernice says, hi, Dr. Kamala D. I am so excited to hear a minister of the gospel choose to tell it like it is. I find that you are not one of those lights, camera, action ministers, <laughs> uh, Bernice, um, who puts on a show. I have learned so much from your teachings. I have one question. How do you select your topics each week? First, Bernice, I want to thank you for those kind words, but, but I want to make sure everyone understand where I'm coming from. I do this as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ to rightly divide the truth. The truth is Jesus. The truth is in God's word. The truth is in the Holy Bible. And to God be the glory for that. I praise God every day. I thank him for this platform. I thank him for the listeners. It is him who is going to choose who need to hear this message. But I really appreciate those kind words. And I'm glad you are learning something because I, I do it for that. Um, now, how I choose the topics. I based my, my topics are based on conversations I have with people what I see on social media and including on television um, that determines what topic I'm going to choose and the information I'm going to share because when I hold conversations with people and we start talking about God and the Lord and, and what they believe and what they have been taught over the years um, it is God who instills in my heart, you know what, you need to teach on this because this isn't the only person who doesn't have my word. Okay. Um, you know, God reveals to me and I didn't know uh, any minister under the sound of my voice, you, you know, those who study, cause I study at least eight hours a day. I am so filled with the word of God. Um, I can be in a store and all of a sudden a sermon will pop up in my head. And um, I know other ministers that are friends of mine. The same thing happens to them. I mean, sermons are popping. And if I don't write them down, I can write down the topic and the information that I'm going to share uh, during uh, that segment or that teaching session. Um, it, it, it comes later. But the topic pops up in my head. And I know that's God. So I keep a notepad with me and I write it down based on what I may see, what I may hear in public. Uh, my goal is to get the truth out. Because I know everybody don't know the truth. I do know that God loves everyone and he does not want any man to perish. He doesn't. He wants every man to be saved. Unfortunately, every man is not going to be saved. But here's the key to what I just said. We don't know which, which people are going to be saved and which, which people aren't. We don't know. Only God knows. Just like Jesus knew that that, that rich young ruler was going to uh, refused to follow him. He was not going to take up his cross mm -mm, and follow Christ. He was not going to go give up his money and give it to the poor. And apparently the rich young ruler knew Jesus was somebody special for him to come to Jesus. Okay. When you go to Jesus, God searches your heart to see if it's real. Cause there are a lot of people that's coming to Jesus. And then when they find out, Oh, I gotta be nice. Oh no. It's not that you have to be nice is that if you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, there will be a transformation with your heart. I had a transformation with my heart. Trust me, I am a completely different person. 
completely. And God wants to, to, to he wants to change your heart because you got to remember, remember the initial message when pre preaching the gospel was repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The word repent simply means to change or to try something new. It means to change though. You're not going to miss, I don't miss nothing in that world. And I used to be worldly. I don't miss anything in the world. I am so happy now. Look, I've been up and I've been down and I like up better. I've been in this world without Christ. I had a blast, but let me tell you something. Once I accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, my life got better. When Jesus said, I am come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly, my life became more abundant in Christ. So I want you guys to keep sending the comments. I hope you enjoyed today's segment of Q&A Wednesday with Dr. Kamala D. Praise God for another day and another opportunity for you to learn the truth. Please continue to send your questions and comments to trustgod55.cd at gmail.com or go to my Anchor Podcast homepage and click the Send Voice Message button and record your question or comment. You can also support this podcast financially by clicking on the Support This Podcast button on my Anchor homepage. Until next time, we walk by faith, not by sight. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is your host, Dr. Kamala D. Rightly dividing the truth in peace and love. See you next time.